Welcome everyone to Tips Talk. Uh, I'm coming to you live with my esteemed colleague Nick Patterson after the Silver Tips 4-3 win over the Winterhawks. Um, tonight, Angel of the Winds. Really entertaining game, Nick, and it's your first live uh, time seeing this, this Silver Tips team in action. Overall, what did you think? Yeah, well, it's first of all, it's nice being off of the injury report myself. <laughs> um, had some things that were keeping me a, a little bit at bay, but uh, it's great being able to get back out to the rink, and uh, it was fun really getting to see hockey again. It was wonderful to get to see two teams that are very strong and, and play a pretty good game. Um, and I, this was, you know, I don't want to say that there's important wins during the regular season in a WHL when it comes to the WHL. Um, there's just so many games and so many teams that make the playoffs that you can't pin anything on one particular game. But given the circumstances, Everett playing Portland for the first time since the trade deadline, this was an opportunity to see if this kind of post-trade deadline Everett team had what it takes to at least have a chance to match up against what looks like it's going to be a real strong Portland team in a playoff series. And in that sense, it was important for them to have a sh good showing today, and I would say Everett had a pretty good showing today. Without a doubt. And, and for my money, I can't think of a, a game at Angel of the Winds that I've covered that's been as entertaining. Even Everett's, Everett's playoff wins from last year, you know, they weren't quite as, uh, you know, two evenly matched teams playing this, this really fun style of hockey. You know, there are twists and turns of the games. There's controversial calls. There's highlight reel goals. This game kind of had everything. It was a real uh, kind of treat for, for everyone involved, I thought, for the most part. Yeah, yeah, it was. And... This Everett team, I mean, I, this is, like you say, my first time getting a chance to really see them in person. And I found myself feeling pretty impressed by the way that Everett was able to transition the puck. I know that, you know, historically, especially, you know, in previous years, Everett was not known as a play-fast sort of team. That's what Gary Davidson has really kind of striven for ever since he became the general manager of Everett in 20, or 2012. And I think that what you saw tonight is a pretty good indication of what he would like to see out of his team on a consistent basis. And it does make for some, some pretty entertaining hockey. I was super impressed tonight. And, you know, the, the MO in Portland is they love, to, they love to possess the puck and they love to capitalize on turnovers, you know, those odd man rushes going the other way. I thought Everett did a great job of, you know, protecting the puck for, for the most part outside of maybe a – a five-minute stretch where they got shot out. They're outshot maybe 10-0 to zero by Portland. Um, and kind of limiting those turnovers. I don't think they had any of those, you know, really, really bad turnovers outside of maybe a couple chances for Portland. Um, and I, it was an all-around solid game. Um, this is probably a, a big confidence win for, for Everett. It's easier to, uh, you know, get your first win against a team out of the way before you face them four more times have that looming over the season it's like man we can't be Portland you know what's the deal here um, I'm sure that's a nice little morale boost for the team to, to finally knock off the Winterhawks like they did well and like I was saying before about they're not necessarily being real important victories during the regular season in WHL the circumstances around this one made it about as important as a January game is going to be in the sense that you have Everett playing at home you have Everett playing for the first time since the trade deadline. You have Everett playing only one game this weekend. So they could put all of their time and effort into this one game. 
this was one where you really felt like if if they wanted to announce themselves as being a team that could potentially compete with a Portland in the playoffs, this was one that they had to have. And and like you said, there was that stretch during the second period where where they had difficulty, where they kind of got turned into a shooting range. One of those was a long shift where Everett's fourth line got caught on the on the ice, and there were probably five or six pretty quality chances during that stretch. Um, but outside of that, for the most part, five on five, I think Everett did pretty well. You look at this game, and Portland's three goals are basically all special teams goals. Um, one was a, I think, ended up being a, an even strength goal, but it was right as the penalty expired. Yeah, that might as well be a power play goal. So, so for Everett to be able to show that it can play five on five against this Portland team that is just super deep up front. Um, was a pretty positive development in my mind for the Silver Tips. Without a doubt, I will. I will add. Uh, I apologize for the audio. The Zamboni is finally leaving the ice, but looks like we got another uh, heavy machinery uh, on the ice. So, um, <laughs> so the sound quality is that this podcast, like I said, is never, never what we've hung our hat on here at the Tipstock Production Team. But nonetheless, so one, a couple things stood out to me um, from from this ever win. That fourth line chipping in a goal to tie the game 2-2. That's got to be a big energy boost, especially, you know, Silver Tips haven't been known for their depth scoring this year by any means. I mean, how, how big of a, just from your years of covering hockey, how big is that in terms of the course of a game, having a fourth line chip in like that? Well, I first of all, anyone seeing this game beforehand who would have guessed which team's fourth line was going <laughs> to score a goal was not going to pick Everett. Well, Seth Jarvis is on Everett, or Portland's fourth line well. tonight. So. <laughs> He's certainly not a fourth-line player. Well, that's one of the things. You look at Portland's lines. They don't load up all their top offensive players onto one line and kind of have a progression first, second, third, fourth line. They spread their offensive players all along the lineup. So you look at their four, and you know, good luck picking what's a top line, what's a fourth line, what's a checking line. There's no real answer for that. That's the kind of depth that this Portland team has. So for Everett to be the one that gets a, a fourth line goal is just a shocker, and it's got to be something that makes you know Everett coach Dennis Williams really happy. It was interesting that that fourth line goal came in the very next shift for, for those guys following yes. that shift where they got pinned into their own zone for about a minute and a half. So for that, for first of all, for for Williams to have the faith in them to go ahead and put them back out there again. I mean, they, mm-hmm. like you say, they don't necessarily get a ton of shifts, but Williams is willing to put them right back out there. You know, a minute and a half after they'd had a, a pretty rough one, and then for them to reward Dennis Williams with a goal from that, that has to be something that he feels he can take forward and, and feel a little better about putting those guys out in the ice in the future, which is against a team like Portland, which is going to roll its four lines, it's important to be able to at least get some shifts from, from those fourth liners. And it's clear that Dennis Williams is kind of putting more trust into some of those some of those players. For example, Hunter Campbell takes that uh, tripping penalty late in the game and results in a power play goal from, from Portland. He doesn't miss his next shift. He doesn't get pinned to the bench. Uh, I think that's a positive sign. You need you need depth, especially in those playoff runs. That's something that really hindered Everett last year against Spokane, which had a very similar to makeup to Portland. Maybe not quite as uh, um, you know a deep in the forward front, but nonetheless, they had had their lines clicking pretty good in that playoff series. And uh, that's that's big. You need to have you know have that, that depth scoring once in a while. And I will say that wasn't just like a a point shot and a juicy rebound by any means. That was a nice play. I mean, Jalen Price picked Newkirk's pocket. Um, 
got the puck and fed Brennan Lee, who just absolutely ripped a slap shot uh, past Hofer. I mean, that was that was a pretty pretty nice play for a fourth uh, quote unquote fourth liner there. Yeah, well, that's one thing about Everett's fourth line is that you. They're young guys, rookie guys, well, other than Jalen Price, but you look at Jacob Wright, you look at Brendan Lee. These are first-year guys who are really still trying to find their feet in this league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those aren't the type of guys that you you expect to be able to, to be big contributors. They're not, that's not really what their role is to be. But they're kind, the kind of guys who you hope develop into those future um, contributors and so having those moments where they chip in this year you know that's helpful this year but you what you really want to see is some progress over the course of this season so that there's evidence that they can be you know more core type players when they're 18 19 20 years old in this league for sure without a doubt um I, I guess this is your your first time seeing Everett this year so it begs the question what, what stood out to you about this team that might be different from uh the last year or maybe years past well, like I mentioned earlier, just the, the speed at which Everett was able to transition the puck, I was pretty impressed by that. And that makes sense. I mean, you look at the veteran players they have on, at defense. You look at the Wyatt Wileys, the Jake Christensen's. You know, they're to the stage of their careers where this should be something they're able to do at this level. And you saw it today. And, and that's one thing that if you're looking for things where maybe it wasn't or looking at ways that, that Portland could feel maybe a little better about how these teams might match up in a seven-game series. You saw a ton of minutes logged by Everett's top four D-men, and, and in particular those those two overagers, Wyatt Wiley and Jake Christensen. You can do something like that in a one-game, in a weekend sort of situation. Can those guys keep up that pace and keep up that quality with those kind of minutes in a seven-game series? I don't know. Um, now, Fortunately, from Everett's standpoint, they weren't at full strength on defense tonight. No, yes, Pudio was out. We should mention that. He's out with an upper body injury. We'll see uh, what his status is moving forward. He's got quite, uh, you know, he's got quite a lot of time to, to rest that up with no weekend games. Um, but nonetheless, that was kind of a surprise to me. He wasn't on the weekly injury report. And um, I know he was, he seemed like he was pretty limited in the, in the practice I saw earlier in the week. And then he had the red non-contact jersey on Thursday. Um, which obviously tipped me off that he was probably hurt. So that was that was a, that was obviously a, a I don't know about a, a huge loss. I don't know what what it kind of his role is in this team quite yet, but um, certainly not not an easy loss forever to lose a defenseman like that. Well, and one nice thing forever is that you saw Olin Zellweger move right into the top four, and he looked right at home to me. Um, I don't know how you felt about his game, but I thought it, for a, a 16-year-old and a high-intensity, high-level play sort of game against the league's best team, being asked to to play top four minutes, he, he looked perfectly at home out there for me, and that's a you know that's a sign that Everett's got themselves quite the player in Olin Zellweger. He's going to have a really good future for this team, without a doubt. And you need you need players like that, especially on the back end. When you're facing those those fast teams that can keep up with that speed, you know Seth Jarvis, he can he can really scoot. I mean, he's pretty hard to stop along along the walls and on those uh, odd man rushes. So you got to have someone that can kind of you know funnel them out to the corners and and, uh, and neutralize that speed a little bit. And that's certainly uh, what what he can provide. Can, do you think Everett can catch Portland in the standings? No, I I don't think Everett's <laughs> going to catch Portland in the standings. But do you think they can? Well, I mean, of course they can. I mean, mathematically you can do that. But I, I don't think that, that Portland is, is going to be a team that gets caught. I, 
you know, sure, Everett looked like they're a team that could could give Portland a, a run in a series, but I don't necessarily think that I would ever put Everett as, as like a 50-50 team. I think they've got a puncher's chance in a seven-game series against Portland. I still think Portland is, is the favorite. Their forward depth is just off the charts. And, you know, I don't think we saw the best of, of Joel Hofer and goal for mm-hmm. For, no, for there, Portland there were, I, there were some weaker type goals. I mean, maybe uh, not. I don't know if I'd say weaker, but I think that Everett had the better goaltending tonight. Yes. I think Dustin Wolf outplayed Joel Hofer, which is something that Everett would need to have happen to have any chance in a, a playoff series against the Winter Hawks. Um, and of course, I mean, we we need to mention that the the go ahead goal in the third period. Um, I talked to Mike Johnson, the coach of the Portland Winter Hawks, after the game, and he's convinced that that should have been waved off for a high stick uh, by Jackson Berzowski. Um From watching up here in the press area, yeah, I, I was kind of like, I'm not so sure about that. What I think might have happened is that it was close enough to where you didn't necessarily have the right camera angle to say definitively that that was above the, the crossbar, but it sure looked like it, it hit Berzowski's stick right around the chin to me. Yeah. And that, that, to me, probably would have been a high stick. Um, and, you know, I think Johnston has a point there. I mean, that was, what, 20 seconds or so into the, into the third period? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was right off the bat. And, you know, we never really saw Portland look, you know, really in sync the rest of the third period until that penalty happened with less than five minutes to go. And um, even then, they, they really had a hard time. I mean, they, Reese Newkirk had a really juicy chance. He just couldn't get his, his stick over and, um, and, and get a, a stick on that puck at time. But they didn't really have a lot of, you know, really, really good chances, even with the goalie pulled, you know, six on four. It was, it was kind of tough, tough sledding for them later in the game, I thought. Yeah, and, you know, that's also credit to – to average defense and you know that's really what any kind of series between these two teams would be it would be can what's going to be stronger the the portland offense or the Everett defense that's really the strength of the two teams i think everyone knows that and i think that's what everybody would be watching if these teams were to meet in the playoffs and the course of the, the way this game played out was kind of a, an encouraging sign in my opinion for everett considering portland went up two goals You'd think a team like Portland going up two goals, that's a, that's a death sentence for a lot of teams. But for Everett to battle back like they did, that's a reassuring sign. I, I, I wasn't sure Everett had the firepower to kind of close those gaps all the time. I know two-goal lead isn't a lot, but a team like Portland that can really, um, you know, first of all, bury you with, with more goals um, and possess the puck and kind of play defense that way. It's, they're a tough team to catch, so for Everett to do that and then take a lead in the third like that in a, in a controversial call nonetheless. Um, it was, it was credit to Wyatt Wiley, which made us think maybe for a second that uh, the refs ruled that Berzowski didn't get a tip on it, but we've been told that that will probably be changed to Berzowski's goal. So the refs didn't think that was conclusive enough to, to rule it a high stick, and it's probably one of those things where if they ruled it no goal, they, they keep it no goal, and if they rule it a goal, they keep it a goal. It's close enough. So, Well, you make a good point about Everett being able to kind of respond to going behind. It was interesting because I saw both teams sort of struggle a little bit when they immediately went behind. Whenever it went behind one nothing, I think you saw Everett get a little scrambly as as they thought about, oh shoot, we're behind Portland. What are we going to do? 
Um, that being said, I think we saw a little bit of that from Portland after Everett went ahead 3-2. I think they sort of, you know, kind of lost their rhythm at that point, which, you know, that that's just... I don't know. I'm, I don't know what to, to make of that. It was important that Everett got that goal on the power play after giving up the shorthander um, to get back to 2-1 because uh, that's where I think it really could have gotten out of hand because after giving up that first goal, getting a little scrambly, giving up the shorthander on the breakaway to the, um, shall we call it the Zach Hamill <laughs> finish yeah. by by Jake Grecius, shorthanded heck, breakaway where he went pulled the puck between his legs and flicked it up into the corner um, from behind one of his legs. Uh, you know, a really flashy finish. The, uh, I, d- I didn't think Jake Grecius had that in him. So. That just goes to show, I mean, uh, Portland's <laughs> skill. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty stark if you look at it. It's, there's not a maybe Kamloops, but even then, it's pretty hard to replicate what they can bring in terms of not only the depth at forward, but just the overall skill and speed. I will say this much, though. I think just about every hockey player has that move <laughs> in their repertoire. It's about whether you've got the, well, the guts to try to pull it out. Exactly. I mean, who's the guy that made that famous? It was Merrick Malik as, what, the 17th shooter or something like that in the shootout. It, you know, big 6'6", not really skilled mm-hmm. defenseman. If he can do that... I, I suspect there's a lot of players in the WHL that can pull that move off if they had the gumption to do it. And that's that's the kind of that's the difference if they have the gumption. And obviously Jake Grecius did. But I guess I guess I'll wrap it up. We've gone for long enough, and um, this arena is trying to transform into uh, Fed Cup uh, quality at this point. So um, we'll 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 let you go before the sound quality gets incredibly bad. But Nick, final thoughts before before we wrap up. Well, I mean, I thought that was this was a, a revealing game as far as how these two teams match up. What it showed me, I think Portland would still be the favorite in a series between these two teams. But from what I saw tonight, I think Everett would have a puncher's chance in a series. I'm not going to get ahead of myself because uh, currently the standings, the way they, they shape up, has Everett and Spokane as a, as a playoff series. And... Um, I think uh, a lot of Everett fans probably have a little bit of PTSD after you know what transpired against Spokane last year. Um, they always are kind of sleeping, sleeping giants, I guess per se. Maybe less so this year than last year, but um, there's probably more there. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll let you guys go. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Nick for joining the show. See you guys next week.